It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. This is Debbie Kiever and Laura Pereno. We are here in our month of gratitude, the month of November. Laura, I cannot believe that Christmas is right around the corner. Something to be grateful for. <laughs> Something to be grateful for. Yes, and all the Hallmark shows have started up again. Um, yep. For a woman who lives on the street in Franklin, Tennessee, where Hallmark seems to live. <laughs> so true. <laughs> We're really glad, glad to be here in a new month. We're excited. Boy, we have Jonathan Gonzalez is our special guest today. And I am so I mean, I'm so excited, Laura, for you to get to hear John's story. And uh, Jonathan, let me just introduce you quickly. You and I met down in Ocean City Tabernacle, um, Ocean City, New Jersey, that is. And you were the guy that, you know, you run the facilities there and helped me make sure all my my setup was ready for Bible study, the technology. And I'm going to tell you something. I've been sharing this with you through the summer. Um but I want my, I want our listeners to understand this too. Uh, we had a friendship that grew, but I, I appreciate you. I admire you for the man that you are today. But as I heard your story, and it is a phenomenal story, I have had this recurring uh, impression. I believe the Holy Spirit's been putting on my heart that you have been, uh, you've been called for such a time as this to share your story. Um, and you are an impact person among the teenagers. I've watched you. I'm following you on social media. I've done some listening of your story, but I'm telling you as an older than you woman in the church, right? There is a calling on your life that is significant. And you have a story that God, there's this, it's a speaking story. It's a, something God wants you to get your, um, your volume. You need to be heard. Mm. And so I'm excited for what you're going to be sharing today, but I'm telling you, dude, there is a, there's a lot of speaking in your future and I'm yeah. beyond excited about that. Well, that Debbie, is- I, I want to thank you so much for having me here. Um, thank you for, uh, the invite. And I look forward to, uh, truly being a part of what God wants to do with this. Absolutely. Amen. Well, Jonathan, I have not heard your story at all. Debbie just keeps telling me we got to hear from Jonathan. We got to hear his story. And so I just have a question. I haven't heard it yet, but if you were to give a title to your story and then a theme verse, uh, a key verse that God gave you through your story that would reflect best uh, what God did uh, for you, how his presence uh, led you through, what would that title be? And what is your theme verse as you've walked this road? Yeah, so if there was to be a title, and there is, that title would be, I am more than my scars. Mm. I am not what I have done. I am what I have overcome. Mm. And if, if there was to be a verse, uh, there are so many that really actually ignite my heart as I'm reading. But uh, I would give a few examples. As I read David, as he cries out to God in the deepest, deepest of his pit, I, my, my heart ignites anything that has to do with an individual or a people crying out to their God. It, it truly lines up with who I am. I look at the story of Lazarus as he uh, died and was brought back. And my heart melts every time mm. I read that story, because uh, that, that's me. Mm. Uh, I bled to death. Uh, I was brought back. And mm. I can only imagine, you know, what Lazarus and uh, must have experienced after afterwards, after being awake and after sitting down and eating with Jesus and 
who knows what that story looked like. And then I hear and read, um, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And my testimony has really become a part of what God uses to reach the audience and the listener. Mm. All right. I am hearing a lot of passion already. (laughs) We haven't even gotten into your story and the way you talk about the word and the way that you talk about how God has brought you back uh, is just honestly already inspiring to my soul. So I'm excited to hear uh, what God has done for you. But if we were to start uh, with your backstory, right, before we get to to the story we're here for, what's your backstory? Uh, What did life look like for Jonathan uh, before your dramatic um, coming to Christ moment in your story? That's a great question. My family comes from Colombia, South America, uh, from a beautiful, beautiful town called Medellin. So I was actually born in New Jersey. I'm a Jersey boy, but I was raised in Colombia. I spent uh, some years there. I came back to the States when I was in second grade. And so uh, my backstory is I have memories of just running around playing soccer barefoot in Colombia, not in the most beautiful place, very humble, um, very poor area of Colombia, and also a very tainted area of Colombia. Colombia has a very dark history, especially with what happened with Pablo Escobar and a lot of the cocaine industry that really hit our town. And so in those times, my father and his brothers were looking to get out. Right. And so and my father was, I think, the second one to come to the States. And he's the reason why a lot of my cousins and a lot of our family are actually out here. So I had beautiful memories of Colombia. I, I still sometimes that smell certain foods or there's things that take me back to, mm. to my home. And there's still a very special connection there. Um, arriving here, we arrived to Atlantic City, New Jersey. Now, Atlantic City is the opposite of Ocean City, if anyone uh, knows their way around. And, you know, we landed on Georgia Avenue. My, uh, my view, my backyard view was actually the Trump Plaza, the elevators that would go up <laughs> oh, and down. My view were uh, at nighttime were the seagulls that would be lit up and illuminated because they would just, mm. you know, hover around. And and I, I recall just always being on like the survival mode, if that makes any sense. It, it mm. was a very, very uh, tense. There was always a lot of tension, especially where, where I lived and where I was raised. Unfortunately, uh, and I say unfortunately, but I also say fortunately, because everything I've been through has really set me up and prepared me for what I do today. So what, what was my greatest pain has now become my greatest strength today. And I'll share on that later on. My parents got divorced when I was about 11. Uh, it is three of us. It's three boys. I have two little brothers. And so w- when that happened, I'm 11, 12, and I kind of became the, the father. I, I had to protect uh, this. Ment- I had no other choice, to be honest, in the midst of living in Lang City. And I also missed out on a lot. I didn't have that that father figure, that that love, that that discipline or that individual to show me, hey, this is how you use a hammer. This Mm. is how you do this. I I didn't have that, unfortunately. Amazing individual. I love him to death. Uh, Our relationship is so tight today, but but unfortunately, I didn't have that. Mm. And so, um, yeah, we survived Lang City. My, My mother actually pulled us out. She did an amazing job at just working as much as she could to get us out of Lang City before I hit high school. And when I hit high school was actually probably when things really started uh, to go downhill. Um, So that would be a little bit of the backstory. There was no faith involved. Uh, There is a lot of uh, Catholicism where we come from and some Catholic background, but uh, there was nothing that was presented at home. There there was no no evidence of this is what faith in Christ looks like. Mm. 
So you went into these teenage years and uh, just from hearing pieces of your story, you were not heading in a direction that would have been healthy for you as a young man, certainly different than where you are today, but the heavenly father pursued you. He pursued you aggressively. So where was Jonathan heading? What was happening in your life? And then how did God get a hold of you? Excellent question. And I'd love to go back to, to being 11 and 12, because again, I, I didn't have the, the greatest example at home. And so things that I would see my mother doing, I actually began to do myself, things like stealing, lying, and all these other things. Uh, and, and so I actually began to get in trouble at a very early age. I was probably 12 or 13 when I caught my first charge um, as a juvenile. And, and it just kept happening and happening. Now, my turning point happened at the age of 17. Um, you see, at the age of 17, I actually bled to death in the backseat of a car. Mm. Little did I know that it, what was supposed to be a car ride home would actually turn into a journey. Uh, and not only a journey, but a crying out to God to help me because what would I would experience that evening would really mark me forever. I actually jumped into the backseat of a vehicle expecting to get home that night, not knowing that I wouldn't see home for months, not knowing that I would never actually be the same. And Debbie and Laura, I was 10 minutes away from my home. Mm. And that evening, I actually just wanted to get home. I was messing up. I was skipping school. I'm a senior in high school. I was already smoking weed pretty heavily. Uh, I was also involved with the just the wrong crowd, the wrong influence. I really believe because I just was never taught to do otherwise, or I was never put in space as a young person to know this is, this is healthy. And that evening, I remember saying, you know what, just drop me off home. I'm ready to go home. Uh, I want to make it to school on time tomorrow morning. And uh, here comes the car. The car pulls up. My friend Jen and her older sister was driving. Unfortunately, the, the individual that was driving was under the influence. She was high. And so we uh, jump. I sat right in the middle of the back seat. I placed my left leg underneath the driver's side seat and we pull off. There is a road called Summers Point Maze Landing Road that's not too far from uh, our area here. And there's I'll never forget actually seeing uh, the water, the marina. And there's this little bridge and then there's this little turn and bend. Uh, my cell phone rings. I pick up my phone. I have my phone actually up to uh, to my cheek and my ear. I'm looking down. Uh, I'm not paying attention. I hear a scream. I look up and boom, it happens. I see, uh, I'll never forget the feeling, the eerie feeling that something horrible has just happened. Mm -hmm. The hit actually did not knock me out or kill me from the impact. I was still alive. My whole body was actually thrusted to the front of the vehicle. If it wasn't for my left leg, I would have absolutely died of impact or would have been just ejected through the windshield. Um, if it wasn't for my left leg, I, I would have absolutely just died there. Um, my whole face actually ended up indented into the windshield. Um, I broke over 14 bones in my face. My cell phone actually explodes on my mouth and opens me up here. I almost lose my eye. I break my jaw in three different places. My spleen burst from the impact. I'm internally bleeding. And my left leg was literally ripped off. It was hanging by a piece of skin. All of this in a blink of an eye. I'll uh, never forget opening my eyes and I can't move. I literally was in this, this position, this interesting position where my hands were just thrown back and my body was just in the front of this windshield. And uh, I'll never forget the screams and all the, uh, 
the smoke, the blood coming down my face into my mouth and, and me trying to come to of what just happened. I look over to my right and I'll never forget seeing my friend. All I could see was the back of her head, her whole face and chest were in the dashboard. And then I look over to my left and, and that's when I see the girl that was driving. She was really out of it. That's, that's when it hit me. Okay, I've been in an accident. And then the pain comes in. Debbie, there are no words to describe what it feels like for mm-hmm. your left leg to be hanging by a piece of skin. Uh, it was horrible. From the desperation of her screaming, from the desperation of the pain, I ended up grabbing my hands and I pressed them up against this windshield and I peeled myself off of this windshield from the desperation. I threw myself in the back. I pulled my leg out and I saw it hanging. And that's when I knew that I was in trouble. That's when I knew that I was not going to make it out. Um, I'll never forget the sirens, the screaming, the noise, firefighters uh, on scene. Um, I'll never forget the the ripping of metal of them trying to get to me. I'll, I'll never forget this undemi- undeniable moment, which is where it happened for me. I'll never forget what I experienced that evening. You see, as I was bleeding to death for the first time in my life, Debbie and Laurie, I, I prayed. Mm-hmm. I prayed. I, I cried out to God. Now, again, I didn't know who I was crying out to, though. That's the most interesting part of all of this. But that evening, I cried out to God. I'll I'll never forget the firefighter that sat there just looking at me. I felt like I could see my reflection off of his eye. He was just frozen as I'm looking through this shattered window, looking at him. And I'll, I'll never forget the prayer. And the prayer was simple, but it was beautiful. I remember praying, saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done, who I've been. But if you give me one more chance to live, I will come back and serve you. Debbie, Laura, I had no idea what I was getting myself into when Mm. I prayed that prayer. Mm. I'll never forget what I felt. The instance I prayed that prayer in the midst of my tragedy, in the midst of the horror, in the midst of the pain, the screaming, I felt at peace. Mm. I really did. I felt this love and this peace that had just surrounded me in the backseat of this car as a 17-year-old boy was bleeding out. I'll never forget what I saw. Now, I, I've studied uh, near-death experiences and people who, who, who make it there, but I remember seeing just all these pictures of my life as a baby, one after another. And I can't say that everyone's experience is the same, but this is what happened to me. But there are a lot of similarities when you hear these stories. And I'll never forget seeing my mother's face. That was the last face I remember seeing as I'm taking my last breath. I still don't know why, maybe because of all her love and, and how she sheltered me and, and all that she did for for me, but um, there I am, taking my last breath as I'm. I've bled out, and as the firefighters and first responders are doing everything they can to get to me, and I pray this prayer. I'm feeling and I'm seeing this, and as I'm closing my eyes, taking my last breath, taking it, and I hear a loud bang. They ended up with the jaws of life opening up a, a large enough hole to actually pull me out of this vehicle. I'm just getting this um, picture as you're sharing this. You're saying that you're taking your last breath and you're bleeding out. And, uh, but you're, what are the last things that you're seeing? And I'm almost, I'm listening to you. I'm actually watching you, uh, you know, on zoom as we're recording this and I'm, I'm almost getting a visual of Jesus on the cross with bleeding out Mm. and taking last breaths and crying out even Mm. to his father from the cross and what he's like, what, well, what you were seeing at that moment, right. And what God was seeing were mm. two different, two different things, just like what you might see from the cross, 
would be totally different than what God was seeing. God was looking at Jesus, his death, and knowing that Jesus felt like God had turned his back on him, right? Mm -hmm. Like you've forsaken me, but God seeing eternity and all the people that can be with him again because of that, that death. Jonathan, I think there's something profound here. You're looking at these scenes, right? You're staring kind of mm -hmm. blankly at this rescue person bleeding out, all broken. Is this the end? And God is looking at you going, no, Jonathan, no, wow. this is not the end. But I see all I see the, the lives that will end up in eternity because I will use you, mm. you know, in the midst. I was your sharing that like, I just can't could shake that picture from the cross. Mm. Mm. That's, That's so powerful. I'm, I'm feeling chills as you say that. So I, I thank you for sharing that. I, yeah, I, I can't believe how far he has taken me. I, I can't believe where I am today. Uh, I, I truly tell this all the time that who I am today is not who I used to be at all. Amen. And Amen. people at times will see the, the mountaintop experience. They'll see where you've made it. They'll mm. see the blessing, uh, but have no idea mm. what it takes to get there. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll never forget, Debbie. Actually, I, I was able to meet one of the firefighters who pulled me out. Mm. This was a, a prayer that was answered. And no one can tell me otherwise, because for a long time, I prayed, I need to hear what the others saw. I know what I experienced. I remember every little uh, screen, detail, images. To this day, I still remember those things. I can go back into it. And for a long time, Laura, I didn't know why I had to deal with those things, why, why I had to deal with these images. I, I ran from them. I, I, the question of why must I be haunted by these images of that night, not knowing that God wanted to preserve the story, mm. uh, to, to share it mm. from different platforms for his glory. Mm. Amen. I keep going back to uh, this prayer that you prayed in the middle of such uh, an overwhelming uh, experience. And I, I want to know more about that. You know, I, I hear what you what you say. The the prayer was that uh, that you are asking God to save you, and you will you will do whatever He says. Like you just said, you were getting yourself into something that you had no idea, right? How amazing this journey was going to be, as God was going to redeem and restore your life in this moment that you thought your life was ending. God was just getting ready to kick in brand new abundant life that was going to lead to something just miraculous for yourself and for other people. But what was the transition there too? I mean, clearly you go into this place where you feel like like you're dying and your 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 story goes back to the Psalms and I'm seeing David in de his desperate moments crying out to God. What's that moment? Where are you in the story? And I know you went through a significant recovery and I'm sure there were surgeries and rehab we'd love to hear about that too but where does the the prayer and the talking to God uh come back into your story what did it feel like when you wake up in this moment and and you haven't passed and you remember that you prayed that prayer to the Lord like what's the what's the next moment on your journey with Jesus as your body is going through recovery how is your soul and spirit being renewed because of that cry to the Lord so I, I wish I could answer this question by saying it happened right away, but it didn't. It, it was quite the process because even when I was pulled out of that vehicle, there was still much more that I was going to go through and 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 have to to be fixed and put back together. The doctors did an amazing job. I, I was in a coma for two weeks mm. um, to the point where they actually told my mom, um, we might it might be best to disconnect them. You should consider the 
the option because you don't know if you're going to be taking care of your son who is 17 for the next X amount of years. He could wake up in a vegetable state. And so I, I did not wake up from this coma actually saying, I'm ready to serve you. Mm-hmm. I woke up in pain. I woke up tr- just in trauma from the images I had seen. I, I woke up in a semi-vegetable state, actually. All I could do was actually move my fingers. And and all I could do was move my eyes and look around. My smell was all off. They had freshly put back my leg together. I ended up with a metal rod in my leg, and they used a, a graph out be more than happy to share some pictures with you guys to see that um they put my stomach back it was freshly you know stapled back together and and there was just so much pain in my face and so when i first woke up i'm 17 i'm in pain and i am hurting and to be honest i didn't want to live it was so much pain that i did not want to endure it anymore I, i couldn't but i had no other choice and unfortunately, I ended up falling into a massive, massive morphine and opiate addiction. Mm. Every time I hit that button, I knew the pain would go away. Mm-hmm. And every time I ingested the pills, I knew the pain would subside for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, I didn't wake up saying, Father, here I am. Mm. Oh, my, I, I prayed. This is why I'm here. Mm. I woke up just in pain. And I just wanted to run, run, run run and my running looked like drugs my running was making sure that i was ingesting enough uh, percocets into my stomach my mouth was wired shut for a whole year so everything was through a tube in my stomach i was weighing 89 pounds at the age of 17 when i woke up from this car accident um everything everything that was wrong was wrong i would look at myself in the mirror and cry because of what i was seeing i couldn't believe what I had just been through. And so unfortunately, I wish I could say I woke up grateful and ready, but I, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, there was Yeah. As you I don't even interrupt you there. As you're talking, Jonathan, I'm just seeing that you prayed this prayer. You you gave everything to Jesus, right? If he if he restores you. And even in this moment where now you're walking a new kind of uh hard and a new Uh, unexpected season that you're going through like Jesus is meeting you there like Mm. you made that you made that commitment to the Lord and he never left you from that moment on and so even when you're talking about these hard times waking up and and being so emotionally distraught and you're seeing yourself in the mirror and you're dependent on drugs he's still there right? Yes. Because he doesn't yes. say, you gave your life to me and now now look, right? He is mm-hmm. walking with you every step of the way. That's just how good our God is. You know, he never left you from that moment. He is with you in that painful place. Amen. I agree. I agree. And though when you're in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the trauma, you don't see that. Mm-hmm. Even if people come and actually tell you everything's going to be all right, you're doing better. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're moving more. You're, you're more active. The doctor says things are looking good. It doesn't feel that way. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so there's quite the process for the individual, the adult, the young person, or whatever that trauma experience is, there's quite the process even coming out of it. Right. And, and it took years. It really did. Unfortunately, my mindset was this, if a car accident didn't stop me, then who will, mm. or what will. Mm-hmm. And here I am 17, a young Hispanic male, who did not have his father um, in his corner, though he was an amazing man, provided and did everything. Um, I ran right into the streets, unfortunately. 
I ran right into the the arms that were wide open because uh, Jonathan survived this car accident. He's a miracle boy. We got to keep him around. We got to keep him protected. And and the second that the doctors knew that I was addicted to the Percocets, they stopped prescribing. And so I said, that's fine. I'll find out a way to bury my pain and, and drown out what I'm feeling. But I would have to say you are absolutely correct. God was there all the way through. Mm-hmm. every single step the farther i went away he was still there mm-hmm. he was still pursuing me mm-hmm. and and I'll, I'll never forget this this is where it happened i remember being probably three years through the after the accident getting back up um it took me about a year and a half to actually get back on my feet and actually start walking again and 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 doing what we normally do that we sometimes take for granted. Um, and so it took me a while, but I remember being three years out. I am addicted. I am, I am in despair. I don't want to live anymore. I personally attempted suicide a few times. Debbie, it just, it wasn't working. Everything that I tried, mm-hmm. I wanted to be away. I didn't want to be here anymore, but God had a plan. And, and it's beautiful because it says that he who begins a good work in us mm-hmm. is faithful to bring it to completion. Uh, and it's beautiful that we see all through scripture, we see how he works in the lives of individuals like Joseph, even when he was sold into slavery, we see it one example after another, that he is there with us. So he won't let you die, <laughs> you know, whether it's a car or your own attempts mm. and he's present, but you're not really experiencing his presence. Like you're, go- you're about to. So at one point, at what point you're, you're addicted, you're still running, you're resisting. At what point, Jonathan, does he reel you in? Does he bring you to himself? Excellent. I, I love this part of my story because I, I usually jump into a, a session of seeking God, right? Here I am in my bedroom and I am probably 19, 20 years old and I'm crying myself to sleep at night. I'm not mm-hmm. showing this to anyone. None of my friends, none of my boys, no one. No, from the outside, I am this hardened individual, all scarred up face. I survived this thing. I'm all tattooed up, you know, but inside I I literally was dying. I I was empty and I didn't want to live anymore. And I remember being on my bed and I'm like, why? Why? I survived this car accident, left me a little bit of money, even though I made some horrible choices with it. Um, Why am I feeling this way? Why? Everyone around me is celebrating me and, and they're so happy to have me, but I am feeling empty. And I feel like, and this is not in a mystical way. I just feel like God took me back to that car accident that night in my room. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like he was telling me, listen, I gave you what you asked for. Mm-hmm. You asked me for another chance to live, but you haven't kept your end. Your end of the deal. <laughs> and your, your end of the deal was to serve me. And those were serve me just ignited this this passion to seek who I pray to, Mm. who answered my prayer that evening. And so a young adult, Jonathan now, starts to dive into a season of his life in regards to seeking God. And I didn't know where to start. I didn't know where to go. And to be honest, the last thing that I ended up picking up was actually the Bible. Mm. And and I did. I'll be honest. That was the last thing. I'm trying everything else to see what brings me peace, what brings me healing. And, and here's where it happens. I'm in this season of discipline and a season of just being focused on no more drugs. I I detox myself. I'll never forget. It was days. I was in my room for days, 
and, and I, I didn't think I was going to make it out. Um, but I just kept praying. I, I started to, to write my prayers out in this journal. And I, I didn't finish them with in Jesus name. I didn't know Jesus that personally yet, but I, I was writing my pain. Help me. And I still have these notebooks. It's beautiful when I when I see them. Uh, and then this missionary. This is beautiful. Her name is Jeanette. She came to see my mother. I was putting my mother through so much. She in and out of depression. Uh, her son wouldn't come home for days. I wouldn't. It, it was just horrible. And Jeanette comes to my home to pray for my mother. But in her being in the house, she wanted to come and meet me and maybe connect with me. And she leaves this book behind. This book is called A Purpose Driven Life. I'm right here. <laughs> and, and so this book was left, not this one exactly, because I, I love to get my hands on these books and give them out. Uh, but she left a version in Spanish. And she left it on top for my mother. My mother never read it. And I remember being in the season of seeking. I'm reading. I'm looking. I'm doing push-ups. I'm doing everything that I can to stay focused and away from the streets and trying to figure out who answered my prayer. And I open this book and I start reading it and I start believing the words that are in it. I took the challenge. I took the challenge. I took mm. every day. I took the challenge of reading one chapter a day. And little did I know that I was actually believing what, what the Bible uh, tells us. Little did I know mm. that I was reading scripture, that I was being, uh, I was processing, you know, biblical principles uh, at a, an amazing level where anyone can read and understand if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And mm. and so I, I continued, I pressed in, I, I started to notice that every time that I ended my prayers in Jesus name, every time I started to involve Jesus name, I was experiencing victory like never before. Mm. I, I began to, uh, to become that which I was believing. And it all started with this interesting book written by Rick Warren. Um, and I can't believe today I sit here. I can't believe that by by obeying the leading of God and, and grabbing and reading what he says about me has truly changed and impacted my life. I am literally not the same individual. I am not. And I'm going to tell our listeners what they can't see right now is that <laughs> you are wearing a gray T-shirt with the word redeemed across it am i right yes amen. you are wearing who you are in christ and you have a fire and a passion about you even as you're speaking your transformation message you are not the same man that you were before this event and you are completely renewed and redeemed and i love love the passion that you have for jesus and just see that fire inside of you jonathan this is truly uh, a powerful, powerful story. Wow. You know, you made a comment that, that God, you know, he was allowing you to not, I, I you didn't say it's exactly, I think maybe I was thinking that he allows you to go through things in order for you to then have a platform to speak, you know, to others about your story. And I don't think everybody has that dramatic story that you have, right. That you gave all that detail about your accident, but every one of us has a story of where we needed, we realized we needed Jesus and mm. we needed to have our eyes open to that. And, and every one of us needs to not be the same person that we used to be. All mm. of us have that part of the story, but I think um, a lot of our listeners know somebody, if it's not themselves, they know somebody who is out there running, who's a prodigal or who's just lost has never come to Christ. And you wonder you know, if I say yourself, I think they're too far gone. Right. And, mm. and you are a story to the one that's far gone, that there's not any place that you could run where the spirit of God could not 
chase hmm. you and and he didn't wrestle you to the ground he allowed you to uh, hit the wall and then be there and then become be, just start to walk beside you before you even recognized that it was him hmm. and i watch you now i watch you now jonathan with the ministry doors that are opening up and if you could on two fronts you are now a married man with a family that is something that you probably never saw what happened, <laughs> you know, in those early days, um, you know, trying to get off the drugs and all of that. But you also, God has just opening up a door for a ministry. So can you fill us in on what's God doing since that, you know, your eyes were open, you began to grow and pursue the one who saved you, right? What's going on in the home front? What's God doing in a, a ministry front? What is your, the cry of your heart for ministry? What's going on inside of you? Wow, that's such a, such a great question um, and such a loaded question. Uh, here's what's beautiful. I, I recall, again, going back to this book, there was a part in the book where it says, you've now accepted Christ, you've made him Lord, you've let someone know, now I need you to find a church where you can learn. Now, my, my little cousin got married at a local church where I lived at in Carver Township at that time. And so for me, it was, yep, there it is, as a church, I'll just go to that. And I remember walking through the doors of that church and Debbie, when I tell you I never walked out, I never walked out. Oh. I walked in and I sat. I allowed God to work in my heart. I never had heard or seen people worship God, close their eyes, raise their hands, and, and give themselves like I did then. I've never heard a, an individual get up from a pulpit and share a message from the Bible where I could understand it. And something beautiful just happened there. I'll have to tell you this because before we got together, um, I remember sitting there, uh, you know, I'm probably 21, 22. And I remember seeing myself up there. Mm -hmm. I remember, yep. I, I recall seeing my, and I'm like, what? no way. What? Absolutely <laughs> not. I, I, that will never happen. Mm -hmm. And and he, so here's the beautiful thing. The beautiful thing is uh, today uh, I am married. Uh, we're go we celebrate 11 years um, this year. Uh, she's a blessing. She really is. Um, she She's on my ringside. I would not be doing everything that I am doing to the capacity mm. that I do it if if I did not have that support and if we weren't doing it together, right? Mm -hmm. um, today, I have two little ones. They're, they're beautiful. They're amazing. Uh, my little girl, she is 10. Her name is Hadassah. And my little boy, Nehemiah, my little warrior, he, uh, his name is Nehemiah. Uh, now, he is eight years old. Now, if old. you all could just see Laura respond to those two days. My two favorites. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, I, I wish love this was that. A, I wish this was a video and not. Oh, <laughs> so awesome. That's beautiful. Uh, um, today, my story has really taken me to places that I would have never imagined. You see, again, at that small church where today I'm actually on staff and I'm one of the other pastors, uh, that is really where I, I was discipled. That is really where two individuals, Pastor Steve and Pastor Josh, um, took, took a very strong interest in, in me as an individual who, who had a story, but not only that, but who, who was a child of God who just needed discipling and needed just investment, if that makes any time, any sense. And, uh, and they took me alongside. Pastor Steve heard my story and, and he spoke life into me. Pastor Josh heard my story and said, hey, I want you to just come to youth group. And, and I just kept showing up. I was there on Wednesdays. I was there to help set up. I was there to clean up what, whatever it took to be next to this individual who I saw. I saw Jesus in him. I, I saw what I wanted. 
And so I just stuck around and, and I never left. Today, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of the other pastors there. That's actually where my youth ministry experience really exploded. That's where I learned the basics of youth ministry, the basics of reaching youth, which then led me to the Ocean City Tabernacle. I, I was in a meeting of youth pastors many years ago. Uh, and Eric Hitchner, who was a youth director then at the Tabernacle, uh, wanted me to come in and share my story at a big event, a big youth event. And that was my first introduction to the Tabernacle. I shared my story from that pulpit, from that stage uh, where we spend a lot of amazing Sunday mornings and a lot of experiences. Um, and, and then after sharing my story, after it was an amazing event, he called me and said, hey, would you be interested in working with some middle school boys who are out of control in our after school program? Uh, long story short, I, I took on that part-time position and that part-time position of working with, with those young individuals turned now into, I'm um, one of the directors at the Tabernacle. Um, mm. I'm hev- heavily involved with not only uh, directing youth, uh, but also directing facilities. But to be honest, I, I see my leader as the Moses in my life. And mm. so w- whatever my leader is pursuing and, and working on, um, I feel called to come alongside and however my talents, my gifts, my energy whatever that means to, to, to push forward, you know, or, or to raise the hands of, of the Moses in my life, then Josh, I'm all in. I'm I was just going to say, I'm going to start calling you Joshua because <laughs> um, let me just, let me just speak something to you. There will be a day your Moses is not there and God's preparing you to keep going, you know, to keep going. You, you may be learning and being mentored right now and serving. I've heard you, I've heard it from your mouth that, you know, I'm here at the tabernacle to do whatever pastor Jay needs me to do. I've heard you say that, right. And you're amazing in that, but, but Jonathan, there's going to be a day where you are the older man, right. And, and you better, you're going to be ready to run with that title. Right. Mm. I'll tell you, as we, um, you know, as we start to wrap up and I, I think we could talk a whole lot more about what God is doing has done in you what he is doing today and and praying for his plans for the future one of the things that's grabbing me in this story and i think this i know this is true of um all of our stories and i I hear it in, in yours is we come to that moment where we make that decision to follow jesus now you didn't even know who you were calling out to right when you when you committed your life to the lord you didn't even know who you were calling out to but you surrendered your will to the will of god right and in that moment you walked a hard road uh, you get to that place where you find out who it is. You're introduced to Jesus uh, in such an amazing way, and and you become a, a follower of Jesus Christ. And what I love about that is, you know, God brings us to a place where we we cry out to Him, we become a follower of Jesus, and then He takes it from there, right? <laughs> yes. He opens the doors. He puts the desires in your heart. He gives you the words. It's just one of these things where we don't have to work for Mm. what God has for us, right? We just surrender our will. We get in line with Jesus. We just start following him and he directs this path and he directs that path. Our job is just to obediently follow him in the places that he's leading. And I'm hearing you uh, so excited about the doors that he is opening, the opportunities that he has given you. He led you to that church. He took you there and said, do not leave. Right. Mm. And you and you just stayed and stayed and stayed. He has opened up opportunities for you to be mentored by these amazing men. And now he's opened up opportunities for you to serve youth. And what happens? The phone rings. And can you help here? Can you help here? Can you help here? And clearly your answer is always like, yes, Lord, here I am. 
So I love that. Like the Christian experience, once we surrender everything that we have to the Lord, the Christian experience is one of rest and obedience and just doing what we're called to do in the moment that we're called to do it. And he faithfully opens up the doors. You know, he has allowed you uh, to walk through this opportunity and he is purposing open doors along the way. I um, I think we're probably going to have a, another podcast with you someday. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Where, I'm ready. Honestly, like, so what's happening now, Jonathan? Like, where has God led you today? What's it all look like? You know, so we can just celebrate how God continues to open up doors for you. So Jonathan, as we close this, I know that there are going to be some folks who listen, who have connections with youth groups. Um, is there a way that folks can get a hold of you uh, to hear what your what your your passion is, what your availability is? For are you interested in going to speak at other churches to tell your story? I guess should be the question we ask first. I hope that answer is yes, because I think that you need to speak. So where where can go people go to listen or to connect with you for speaking opportunities? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And yes, yes that that question about would you be willing to go i've been going for years okay. and, and and i have not stopped it's beautiful and i i'm so excited of, of i just let me just be honest with you i just came off of this four-day run of and it's been beautiful it's it's tiring but it's been very beautiful i was at a youth retreat for a day and a half with high school with over 100 high school students and it was amazing it was a blessing then i came back and then that evening there was this worship thing involved with YWAM Tyler, Texas. I was involved just coordinating it. Then Saturday morning, we were reaching parents to um, to help them uh, better connect with their teenagers. Then Saturday evening, we opened up our gym to uh, to help connect with their teenagers and so on. So so yes, yes, I am willing. If, if there is a platform, a place, an event, or no matter the size, whether there's mm. 20 kids in the room or 2000 kids in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am ready to rock. I'm ready and willing. So there's a few ways you can get in contact with me. Um, uh, you can find me on Facebook as Jonathan Gonzalez, uh, and that's Gonzalez with Z's, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as Jonathan underscore speaks. You'll find me on there. You can reach out through my email, Jonathan Gonzalez speaks at gmail.com. Um, or you can go to my website at Jonathan Gonzalez speaks.org. Mm. Or if you really get stuck with all that, just reach out to Laura and I, <laughs> because we can put you in contact with Jonathan as well. Uh, Laura, I think uh, we'll also be posting when we do uh, let everybody know that this is the podcast that's coming out. We'll put all those links there for everybody to connect with him. But my goodness, Laura, do you feel like you just heard um, an amazing moment of God of a God story? I really do. It is a God story. And I just love what God has done in, in your story, Jonathan. And I'm excited to see where he continues to lead you. Uh, you have truly been a blessing to us. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, just truly grateful for this moment. What an honor it has been to connect with you, to meet you. Debbie, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, and if I can just say one final thing. Absolutely. God uses our greatest pain as launching pads to our greatest calling. God Amen. uses our greatest pain as launching pads to our greatest calling. I am evidence of that. I am living evidence of what God can truly do in the life of an individual who begins to seek him. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God for that. 
I wow. know that our <laughs> listeners, I know, I was going to say if you have been blessed by this uh, episode today, but I know <laughs> that you have been blessed by this episode today and that this story has reached each of our hearts on uh, multiple levels. So I want to thank you. We want to thank you, Debbie, Jonathan, myself. We want to thank you today for being with us. Um, please uh, get the word out there. Share this story on your page, social media, with a friend, with individuals who are walking a hard road, parents who have kids that are just not following Jesus. Let's just get the word out there that, like Jonathan said in his message there, God has a great plan, and this really is a tremendous tool to share to point people back to Jesus. So thanks for being here with us today. Uh, We are grateful that you spent this time with us. Uh, We pray for you and just pray that God will bless you as you continue to pursue uh, your call, what God has in your story for you. So take care. God bless you. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.